and welcome to the Arborpod Detective Dendro series. Today's guest is Casey Clapp in the case of the curious conifers. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arboriculture. It was a brisk autumn morning with a slight mist hanging about the limbs of the trees. We were quite happy that the change of the seasons had finally come. The summer had been a scorcher this year and rain showers were few and far between. It was easy to see how the heat had affected the plants around our little city. Brown grass, wilted shrubs, and a lot of trees showed the symptoms of drought stress. It was a rough year, but we came out on the other side without losing too many trees. Dendro? A voice called from behind me. You got a minute? It was Ashley Green, the city arborist. I could tell from the tone of her voice that I wasn't getting the day off. We got a report of a row of street trees that couldn't take the temp, she said. This time it's a whole block. Because there are so many, I'm adding you and Coda to the case. A whole block, I thought. That's an awful lot of trees to go out all at once. You got it, Cap. We'll head over there right now and check it out, I told her. I picked a bad day to quit drinking coffee. We arrived at the scene about 45 minutes later, a steamy cup of joe in my hand, and sure enough, an entire row of trees on the south side of the street dropped their leaves. It didn't take us long to find out who had called in about the trees. Philip A. Cup. People around here call him Phil the Enforcer because he's in charge of making sure the rules and regulations are followed throughout the neighborhood. The Village Association picked the right guy for the job, too, because Phil doesn't miss a whole lot. The problem, however, is that he doesn't take kindly to being told he did miss something. I was hoping it wouldn't come to that. Detective, he said. Codet? Hello, Philip. Codet greeted. We could both tell that he didn't like us being here. Philip is far too sure of himself, and he sure didn't think he needed our help. That worried me. Listen, Phil, Ashley Green sent us out here, I explained. We're not trying to tell you how to do your job. Green just wants a, to cover all the bases on this one. We know your community really loves their trees, and she doesn't want the press to hound her if something goes wrong. It was true. The neighborhood was very proud of their trees. They like to plant interesting trees. Species that are not commonly used in the area. It was nice for us because we got the biodiversity. And it was nice for them because their area was a notable example of a good tree selection by arborists and landscape architects. No one's going to hound anybody, Dandro. Phil shot back. I made the call myself. It's obvious. A cut-and-dry case of conditions being too dry for the species. Then you won't mind us taking a look around to confirm your prognosis, eh? Code had always had a pointed way of putting things. Fine, knock yourselves out, Phil said as an older woman walked towards us. Here's the report I made for the association. He handed a clipboard to Codet. This is Cheryl Simmons. She recently moved into the house just next to these trees. Hi, Ms. Simmons. I'm Detective Dendro. This is my partner, Codet. So, when did you notice a problem with the trees here? Oh, well, gosh, I, I noticed it about a week ago or so the woman said. I moved here just about four months ago, and, and these trees were doing great. Then this hot summer came, and they just turned all yellow and dropped all their needles. Detective says here on the report they're all redwoods, Coda jumped in. Sequoia sempervirens. Huh. Makes sense they wouldn't do well in a drought. After all, they're also known as coast redwoods. And they're from the wet fog belt on the northern California coast, where they always have access to water. Thanks, Coda. I said. It's always important to know the tree's natural growing conditions, to know what sort of site it will do best in. 
I always check with arborists before approving planning plans for our neighborhood trees, Phil added. It's very important to the residents to have trees on the streets. The property value is higher and they enjoy the shade over the streets and yards where their kids play. But when trees die, we have to get them out as quickly as we can for safety. I think we all agree on those benefits, Coded said. That's why it's always a good idea to double-check before taking down a tree. Meanwhile, I couldn't help but wonder, if this neighborhood is so well-known for their interesting trees and proactive management, how could they make the mistake of planting trees that wouldn't thrive? It could just be that they decided on the species without thinking of the site. A rookie mistake. But these folks aren't rookies, I thought to myself. Just across the street was another row of trees. They looked like ginkgos, ginkgo biloba. They were turning yellow for autumn, and many of them had lost some leaves already. Both rows of trees looked to be about 15 years old or so. They were old enough to be established on the site, had mulch rings around their bases, and were in nice, wide tree lawns. I noticed the grass in the lawns was still green. Curious. Miss Simmons, I called. Do these trees get irrigated regularly? Well, I set a sprinkler out here a few times a week. Yes, I... I was told the trees are fossils, or something strange like that, so I thought I would try to keep them up. I guess I just didn't water enough for them. Strange indeed, I thought, noting that a tree crew was pulling up. They were talking about the ginkgos, I'm sure, Phil added, gesturing professorially. See, scientists thought they were extinct because we only found them in fossil records, but then we found a grove in China in the 1940s, so we call them living fossils. That's right, Coded agreed. I remember reading about that in college. I did my research here, fellas, Phil said. That's why the crew is here. These trees are coming down. I mulled his words and walked over to one of the redwoods. I took a sip of warm coffee and thought through the situation. It just doesn't add up. What could I be missing? I looked down into my cup and watched the brown liquid swirl. Hypnotized by the swirling coffee, it suddenly hit me. Brown, I turned to Coded. Why did the trees turn yellow before dropping their needles? I posed. If it was a lack of water, a coast redwood would have turned brown, not yellow. Just as I asked the question, I heard the crew behind me start up a chainsaw. Don't cut those trees down, I yelled. They're all dead, Dendro, Phil shouted in reply. Face it, ain't nothing strange about it, just like I said. You willing to bet your job on it, Ace? I questioned. Because I'll bet mine that these trees aren't dead. In fact, I'd not only bet that they're alive, but living fossils as well. After a tense stare, Phil waved for the saw to be turned off. All right, Dendro, you got a wager. State your case. It's about to be your last. I calmly walked over to the tree closest to him. I had to get this one right. There's no room for mistakes when you, removals are in the mix. Once you cut a tree down, you can't put it back up. Exhibit one, I said, pointing to the bark. That bark is more orange-gray than red, and isn't very compressible, like a coast redwoods would be. It's fibrous, but doesn't have furrows in it. So what? Phil said. Just hasn't developed those characteristics yet. But coast redwoods develop those when they're very young, so these should have, 
if they were Coast Redwoods. What do you mean, Detective? asked Cheryl. The person who I bought the house from said they were Redwoods. They are, just not from California, I explained. Exhibit 2. Below each branch coming from the trunk are armpits that develop as the trunk grows around the branches, on every side except the bottom. That's a surefire sign that this tree here is a redwood. All right. A dawn redwood. Metasequoia glyptostroboides. What? What does that mean? Phil said, his face contorted equally with surprise and concern. It means he's right, Coded said. The dawn redwood is a deciduous conifer. They drop their leaves every autumn. Scientists thought they were also extinct, but found a grove of them in China as well. Both trees are living fossils. Look at these drop needles. They're very fine and soft, whereas a coast redwood would be stiffer. Coda continued. Miss Simmons wouldn't have known that because she's only been here for the summer. I sealed the deal. But you, Phil, you should have thought about that. Shouldn't have missed such an important detail. I sipped the last of my coffee. You mean the trees are alive and well? Asked Cheryl. Well, they'll be back as good as new next spring, my friend. But as for Phil, I handed him my empty cup of coffee. One cream, please. No sugar. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the ArborPod Detective Dandro series. You can earn CEUs for these podcasts. Just log in at the ISA store, click on online CEU quizzes, and find the Detective Dendro quizzes. Stay tuned for the next ones. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arboriculture. 